So what's up? So this, what are we doing here? This is episode three? Uh, this four. is episode zero three. <laughs> zero four. Zero four? This is our fifth episode? Yeah. Sweet. Episode. Oh, you're right, because there's one. Yep. yep okay, inspired by the Long Now Foundation, I think we should use five-digit episode. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? It was so bad. Are you kidding? It was so bad. We have no clue. Well, we have a special guest this episode. No, we don't. Well, we're not introducing you. But we're but we're mentioning that you exist. <laughs> you have anything to say? What? Not yet. No. Yeah. Okay. No. We'll see. Okay. Why don't you tell us about uh, your tattoo? What? <laughs> I think that's a good topic. I really yeah, like it. Tattoo? I'm getting a new tattoo um, on a 29. Ooh. Yeah. Can we detail. know? Can can we can we know more? Where? Where? Oh. Like on my body? Yeah. No, like about what it is. Oh, it's okay. Like significance to you, etc. I feel like everyone has a story behind their tattoo. Or yeah. Something. I, mean, I just I want to know don't. your story, man. <laughs> Wait, is anyone else here? Does anyone else here have a tattoo? Oh, besides you. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that interesting. Uh, basically, there was this one, like, pose that was in my dance. It was, like, a second long, whatever. But I, he like. choreographed a dance for Dance Troupe in 2016. Yeah. yeah, it was fall 2016. And. I happened to capture it on camera, and it, that became, like, to me, the, I don't know, it, like, represented the dance. It captured all the emotion within that one post, I thought. So, and I felt like that dance was a very significant, like, part of my career process so far to get to where I am. And now getting this pose as a tattoo is in a way to like move on from it and like starting a new journey which I am and I might get some flowers around it uh yeah <laughs> oh right here on the ribcage on the side yeah hidden on the I have this one yeah <laughs> of course does anyone else want to get a tattoo? I don't think I would get a tattoo. Never. Nothing that I could imagine right now. Because of the idea that you might regret it at one point? I guess yeah, I guess the permanence of it, like I don't think that I would have anything 
that I would be like, oh yeah, I want this now, and I know I'm also going to want this a long, long time from now. I should just say, and we can edit this out, that we, we did discuss tattoos for like five minutes in the, the last episode, in our episode. <laughs> so just you, that, feel free to not use that information. But Looks like Brandon wants to move on. No, 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 no. No, 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 tattoos, man. I'm just saying, because if you haven't heard it, then you might not know. Right, which I, nobody's heard it, I don't think. <laughs> I haven't heard I it. I mean, I haven't heard it, and I'm the one that has to do the final exporting. <laughs> They do have temporary tattoos now, but well, yeah, a temporary tattoo I would do. But then it that I feel like you mean can't, it's not a tattoo. Yeah. yeah, is that not just for fun or like to sample it? I guess give it a try. Sample is a thing. Or if you if you do colored <coughs> tattoos, they're typically temporary just because the pigment, the ink that they're using, is not as long lasting. Do do you? Ever think that there'll be something that you'd want to get? Like, do you like, you're fine with the concept of tattoos? It's just that you don't have something significant? Well, I don't want to say that. (laughs) What would you say? No, I mean, like, no, I think I'm fine with the concept as in if other people get them, then that's cool. (laughs) But I don't think I would want to get one. So if someone forced you to have one right now, is there something that you would maybe get oh gosh i have no idea what it would i would put because we can do that i mean we could yeah <laughs> you you could yeah i also feel like symbolizing something like using a tattoo i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want it to be with a tattoo i'd want it to be like some other representation for me personally um so remember the artists we had uh, on tuesday on Monday, over here, uh, the artist with the blue hair. With the blue hair? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, she had a tattoo that said, so what? <laughs> Just those two words yeah. on, her, on her forearm. Yeah, like really, like right huge here. Too. Yeah. Like giant font. Like, <laughs> yeah. huge, like bolded like, font. Like the, like the letters were as tall as her arm was wide. <laughs> like it almost looked sharpied on. Yeah. So what? Did you ask for the significance behind it? I overheard someone ask what did it she Did they say, so what about the tattoo? I wish that she did. Yeah. She did. Yeah. Uh, no, she said that um, it was like, I, I, I don't know, that like, like frequently in life she gets like, a, like fixated on like small details that end up not mattering. And it's mm. like a reminder of her to just like realize that the bigger picture is bigger than whatever she's picturing right now. Is that her only tattoo? No, I don't think so. Does she, does, is it visible? Like, if she has more? We're more visible? I think so, but I can't... I, I don't know that for sure. I just... I, I think so. None of them still that. I think she had more, but yeah. none of them were something that... Okay. Yeah. ...were explicitly defining. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So when she was performing, uh, one of the girls who was working, uh, Marcella, she... Um, motioned to me, or sorry, she texted me because she was sitting down and saying, I, I want to get my hair, like, you know, one day get my hair blue and then completely switch career path. And I asked, or you could just (laughs) color your hair blue. Yeah, or just switch career paths. (laughs) I think she associated that if she colored her hair blue, she'd almost, like, it almost definitely would go with a career path change. It's not something that would be... that makes sense. 
I, I, it does make sense. It yeah. just it makes a ton of it, sense. I I think the part I found interesting was that she coupled them as a one will trigger the other, mm-hmm. not necessarily that. I mean, switching your hair to something like do or like I feel like a change like that is usually a, a kind of a desire to change some some other part, and I think it's more a more just visual yeah. representation and of so that. And so is switching careers. I mean, both right. are expressions of a desire to change. But isn't saying one just enough rather than having to say both? That I would color my hair blue and change career paths. I feel like saying I'm gonna I'd color my hair blue is enough to suggest that. You're making other significant changes. I don't, wait, wait, I what? think what? I've, I've definitely seen that you're making other significant changes. Why not make other significant changes? Right. Like switching your career. Great. Well, she, if it wasn't something that she wanted to change her career now, it was something where she said it, it would be a time in which she changes. And this, I think saying career was just an example of something that she would change. It had no relevance to whether her wanting to change her career now. It's just something she coupled with. That's probably the other significant thing that would change with my with my me changing my hair color. So you're questioning like why she wouldn't just change her hair right now, like and not tie it to some other significant change in her life. Right. I don't understand this anymore. Do you think she wants to use it as a visual cue to other people? Right. Like, hey, I. I'm different now. Yeah. <laughs> or is she? Or is the blue hair helping her look the part of the change that she wants to be? Like, is she trying to be like, uh, I don't know, an artist? I think it's, they somewhat affect each other. I think the yeah. blue is a like, representation to the rest of, of people. Yet I, I'm, this is a change. I'm, I want to be like, I want to try a new personality and ask me about it. Almost. But the other part is, uh, that if I change it, it's not, I wouldn't be able to do the same things I do today with the same sort of, the people who I know today would, might not recognize the other side of me. They won't be able to accept a new side of me. So I would have to change a lot of things. Hmm. Wait, what, what, what was the change? Her career, she said. But you don't know what career? Oh yeah, she didn't even know. She just said I would change my head. Oh. Every and then change my career. What, what she do now? Uh, she works as a, I think she has multiple, like, she has, works multiple small jobs. Okay. But I think she's, uh, she does public, like, some sort of public relations where she, or like, event management, or like, public relations in event management, I think. Maybe it's that, um, because some, like, something drastic, like, changing, I mean, that's not drastic, but changing your hair color to blue bring with it so many kind of inconveniences or, like, questions and all these explanations you have to do. So it's kind of just easier to wait until this major life change and maybe now you're no longer you're no longer with the same set of people that you were before. And so it's just easier. It's If you want to do something like that, it's easier to wait for that significant change. Yeah. So tell us what, why you're growing your hair out. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I wait. Is this your topic? Is this somebody's no. topic? Hair. Because if not, <laughs> we should start going to the topics. Yeah, okay. okay, we should go to the topics. And the only person I've heard with a topic so far 
is Joel. I don't have a topic. You said you had a topic. No. Someone, said it someone else said Wait, hold on. I do want to know what the reason, yes. though. Is there a reason? Behind what? Behind the hair? I don't really think there are reasons for anything. Well, my reason for growing up my hair is uh, I want to, I'm not going to have it forever and I'm, I'm going to be a bald old dude someday. So I want to mm-hmm. do it while I can and see if it looks good. And if it doesn't, then I'll just. How long are you thinking? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Not that long. Like, like just kind of shaggy okay. and. Okay. I don't know. What if you never lose your hair? That's not being great. Then you should That's shave it. What's funny? 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 Funny, so funny. It's a boy. What's funny? 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 Funny, yeah. Hopefully this. Cool. Is your topic <laughs> political, political political comedy, comedy or, cancer. or whatever we just watched and your comment related to it? Yeah, what was it that we just watched? Seth Meyers. <laughs> See, okay, I really I feel like I strongly disagree with you in in so, in some little part of this bigger issue, but most of it I completely agree with you. Like we just watched somebody who has never been funny in my eyes. Okay. Worse than this, I think. I agree. Seth, Seth Meyers has yet to be funny, and I don't know if he has the capacity. Okay. Uh, Actually, maybe he was good on SNL, but I'm talking about his new show. Okay. Yeah. Like everything that just happened was like just disgusting in a way that is really hard to articulate. Nothing that was talked about in this little sketch was important deserving of being talked about and only serves to like i don't know like make us all worse off in a big way worse off in that like we spend our time watching this and it's like a distraction because it's so like weirdly engaging uh and that the result of us watching it is like I don't know, us adopting just very, like, toxic and, like, skewed feelings about the rest of the world. That's my that's my thesis. Okay, so where I disagree with you, unlike if we take this exact point, which to the, to the, to the viewers at home, what yeah. do we call them? To the folks at home, to the folks at the home. Folks, they're yeah. not viewers. <laughs> right, they're not viewing that's anything. So, do, do we need to like critical? What? Yeah, can we just for, watch for context. We we just watched a, a clip from Seth Meyers where he's talking about uh, an an event where Trump was at a rally and he and a bunch of his supporters chanted "Send her back" about uh, some House Democrats, and he didn't okay. uh, speak up about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you described it so specifically because that's exactly what it was about. It was one event that Trump spoke at, connected was- connected to very directly. His comments about this person this that week. That have been... Ha- yeah, this this week, exactly. Okay. Like, I don't know. See, the problem is that Twitter has one thing right, which is, like, their policy is that they can't... Like, Twitter, like, logically can't kick Trump off their platform because they say they don't remove anybody or any tweets that are, quote, newsworthy. 
And by definition, the president is newsworthy. It also means that he can't block people. And he can't block people now, thanks to Congress. Uh, but wait, all of that's just kind of like a sham. Twitter could do whatever they want. That's true. I'm, but like they're, they're all voluntarily was, creating yes. these rules and then also following them. They could create other rules. Yes, but what those I, rules. All, all I'm getting it's from this, their power. all like I'm the getting, idea of the rules are fake. All I'm getting from this little story is their quote that because he's the president, it is newsworthy. And like, you can say this doesn't matter because we shouldn't be, like, caring about somebody who's, like, race baiting and, like, dog whistling for racists, yeah. except for the fact that he, like, is the president. And, like, that does directly affect people. Mm, okay. I, I think that the longer story of, like, the nature of Trump and doing what he's doing is newsworthy. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, nuanced, detailed, like, uh, very, like, yeah, I don't know, like, deep dives of coverage of that are really good, sort of, like, teasing apart what he's doing and what is like, yeah, like the nature of his persona and the nature of like the American population that like supports him or like gets behind that is incredibly newsworthy. That's like the most newsworthy thing. But this has literally nothing to do with that whatsoever. Yeah. Like this is so unbelievably like surface level and transient that it will fade away and be replaced by the same level of depth of the thing that happens next week and will fade into like oblivion just like every other event that trump has been a part of has happened the word that uh i've heard describe these which i really liked pseudo events that are like dominating like the news cycle of like traditional media institutions that are not actually events at all yeah this is this is where i think seth myers is just bad and at a way that I think none it's of just seth myers yeah I well agree. but i think jo like john stewart and colbert on the colbert, I think colbert report, is just as bad as this on the colbert report it wasn't it was a different show sure fundamentally. But right now yeah right now i i think he's funny but not good I don't in a way that colbert okay. report and john stewart really served a function besides just being loosely funny they were calling yeah. out the hypocrisy yeah. of power yeah and, and they just colbert, don't do that anymore he does not do that anymore yeah. and he covers just like everyone else, the exact same things. These, yeah. like, absolutely fake pseudo-events of, like, truly meaningless substance. But what what makes something a pseudo-event if... Because uh, I, I worry, because you, you, say, you say part of your definition is that it, like, they're events that arise and then fade away in the next week with the next pseudo-event. But isn't... It, isn't... Uh, that's not part of their definition, I think. Okay. I'm just, I'm just worried that... Part of the context of all this is that all these events are so ephemeral and forgetful ultimately because there are so many of them and because they're, the lunacy just continues. Yeah. And so if this were to happen in, uh, with another presidency in that, in his vacuum, his or her vacuum. Oh. Um, <laughs> and like a similar event occurring with a different president without this track record might be considered like an, a, 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 a notable event worthy of satire or criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't want to stop the criticism or the scrutiny just because there are so many. I also, yeah, I don't, I don't want to stop the criticism or the scrutiny, but I feel like it's not even criticism or scrutiny that's happening here. With the it's comedy like, sketches. It's, it's, it's clickbait. Yeah. Yes. Right? That's true. Like this is, I don't know. There's no detail or there's no like, content it, to it. but this could compare it to something like a tabloid yeah i think it is exactly the tabloid and so i'm guessing you don't like that either yeah do you see the appeal of a tabloid to a lot of people though yeah i think that's bad i think tabloids are bad 
are there individuals in your like social circle that you're like out of friends that you like you could somewhat come up with personalities for them and you understand like what their problems are what their skills are what the benefits are but you still keep up to their with their life you know in the small ups and downs of it yes because they're my friends sure and I mean, it's just this idea that you somewhat and keep up with the small day to day, right? A relationship with people. I think you, which you some which none of the the viewers at home have with the people on television or in the tablet. So you keep up with and it's some almost exploitative of like human empathy to like offer that to them and to like sort of feel that like people are like these have have these like fake friends. Sure. I don't think necessarily think people think of it as a fake emotional content of one of the recent Black Mirror episodes. I don't think necessarily fake friends though. I think it it's something on the lines of you might keep up to date with someone's life in a different context and you like want to know more about them or read up on them and you you find it interesting the stories they have like you know you might be interested in other people's you know choices and you while you might listen to someone's talks I think a lot of people find it interesting almost seeing someone's actions just as a you're viewing someone else's story the same way that you might hear a story that some a friend tells you uh and if there's any sort of immutuality in, in any sort of relationship you have you can't cons- i mean it's just a slightly more stretched out version of that where you're somewhat more involved it's slightly more stretched out isn't it like infinitely more stretched uh, out definitely or? sure <laughs> well it, 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 i'm saying it varies from trump being a, a extent because you know he's the, the the president of the most powerful nations so, of you know he is in a lot of people's books uh, an idolizable person to you know, somewhat you know want to be up to date in his in his events or for a lot of people he's a joker who they also find equally as amusing to watch yeah i think that's bad and it's like exploitative of the media to like tap into that and to like let that dominate and like dominate the content they put out and it makes sense that they do it because it what is like keeping them afloat because it is attractive and it is really engaging but it's like wrong um sure I, you, again i just i think there is like an appeal in which a lot of people somewhat do it in a different scale they might not necessarily like like spend a lot of time on that but they do a different scale where they like hearing about you know stories about people that they knew in high school even though they have like no relationship with them anymore they are interested in what's happening in their lives as a man i i i which think is the same. i a little bit feel we are coming at but that is such a far-fetched like analogy to draw like keeping up with old friends from high school and like letting, not keeping up with but letting I mean, yourself get like outraged on demand for hours at a time every day by the media i don't think i get outraged though like i find i watch that and it's more like it's something just like background music in oh, a way oh, that, is <laughs> so, that is so i that is so bad i think to play to play uh a role in the defense of these shows. I think it's, you can, I mean, whether or not you think these are like well-constructed or funny jokes, just the concept of humor in general as like catharsis mm. and as a coping mechanism. Um, Wait, I, I think in this case, it's like a defense mechanism. It's, it's willfully hiding and not confronting any complexity or any actual issues that are on the stage because they feel so, just like wild and chaotic and it's like we want refuge from that and it provides us refuge but that's not good 
it's not letting us like confront or get over or like come to terms with America as divided as it is. It is driving us further apart. And that's sort of like this like evil double edge to comedy. Okay, now <laughs> this is this is where we're getting into. We're yeah, getting, I, we have I, to get I thought it, I would get you. <laughs> we have to get it away from Seth Meyers because he's yeah, not I funny. Agree. Yeah, and yeah, if he yeah. was funny, I would. Have it was a it was tune. it was the low hanging fruit. I'm willing okay. to say everything about Colbert, who I think is a little bit more funny. Yeah, but everything that I said, I think equally well applies to him just because of the content of what he's doing now. Um, see, the tricky thing I think is that I agree that like humor as catharsis is useful. Me too. I don't think that's what this is. I think this, okay, this, it is the stated policy of Colbert. Like he has said, like on interviews that other people have done to him, like, what's the point of your show right now? He has said the point is that if somebody is like sitting there alone thinking they're crazy because they're seeing the president do all these crazy things, he wants to like reassure them they're not crazy. This is unprecedented and ridiculous. And to me, the whole left is doing that to each other right now that is so to each other superfluous to like say that that's your mission that that to imagine that there is someone out there who thinks that they're the only one who thinks that trump is bad are you kidding well i didn't say it i'm quoting Uh, yeah yeah and i'm saying are you kidding i'm saying editorial you i i'm asking if the editorial you is kidding and i don't think the editorial you is I think there's a difference for comedy and news to play, and news can still be news in a way that it can't that it that it shouldn't be entertainment. Yeah, I get much more outraged at like watching the average hour on CNN than I do watching, um, uh, because that obviously I mean purports to be objective news. And I mean for for the listener at home, I'm not I'm not I'm not um. I'm very left leaning, but I just CNN is objectively not um, sort of centrist. Um, it's just sort of I don't know if this has the responsibility. I think I think the the biggest worry is that this is just infinitely more entertaining than than the average hour of news, and so it's uh, it's going to be the biggest draw and the biggest lifeline for the network. And what's going to get the most funding, and ultimately what's going to drive discourse, and and as you as we've discussed, like the entertaining thing is the thing that's going to drive us all. I don't know. Right. It, I was thinking of this. It almost seemed very visual, but it almost seemed like an animated version of something else. Uh, so yeah. it just seems like it's slightly a play on yeah. the yeah. news, and I think that's something that that's why that's why I said I don't get outrage. It's more just like something I do in when I want to fill up noise kind of thing. And it's not like that's a good thing. I'm not, I'm not proud of it. I think it's like something I definitely would at any point, if there was an like something I, someone presented me with an alternative, I would choose the alternative. But it's like when I can't think of anything that as a go-to, then it's just like a fine with doing this as I like. Wow. Is it really that you don't know an alternative? Well, I, I don't like when I get back home. I'm sure, like, if someone said, "Hey, do you want to watch this movie?" I, most of the time, I would like cho- be that. But if I if I don't have any other outside in, like influences, and I'm tired and I don't want to do anything else, I'll just put on something like well, like go on YouTube and one of the first things that come up. He puts on what the recommender algorithm tells him to put on. I think a that. really valid criticism that you're probably driving towards is that. For the, I assume for a lot of America, this is their source of news. Yeah, so I was going to say that in reference to the news museum where we went to, 
The museum. Uh, the museum. The museum. <laughs> Go before December because it's closing. Okay. Where? All of our DC viewers. Hold up for a second. All of our DC viewers. <laughs> literally to you. drop what you're doing and sprint to the museum, <laughs> which is the best museum in DC. Maybe tied with the Smithsonian's. Okay. Okay. So in the John Stewart ex- exhibit, they had that stat, and I'd seen the stat before, but I was like, sort of like shocked to see it again that so many Americans, uh, reported in surveys that they view John Stewart as being more credible than the mainstream media outlets. Yes. And that is scary in a but, big way. But whose fault is that? Definitely theirs, but Wait, it's like theirs as in the, the mainstream the media. Mainstream yeah. news media. The news media. The news media. Yeah. Sure. The news media. But it also is like normalizing the idea that it is acceptable to go to a comedian to get your news or let, let they're like somehow like interchangeable. You're going to like sublimate one into the other and it results in people not watching news of any kind. Not that it's better. It's in many ways worse, but like not even thing, not even watching anything that has any like pretense of like obligation or purpose derived from telling you truthy things and instead it has a purpose derived from making you maximally engaged which is what this and colbert are that was a little choppy but so my the john stewart example just real quick the john stewart example one is like what i imagine and what i've gone back and like looked at old really old john stewart episodes yeah is that like the reason people find him trustworthy is because like in 2003 you know bush was saying like we're going into iraq and all the news media went Okay, we're going into Iraq, and John Stewart is like, "What? Like, like, let's have some common sense." And like, was reporting things that literally the news media wasn't. Yeah, and I don't feel like that's true anymore. I, mm, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It, 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 I agree that it makes total sense why he was, and in that okay. like situation, it was totally justified that he was. It's scary that that happened because it is normalizing. I see. The, yeah, okay. a different role of comedy in like. The modern American lifestyle, which I think that normalization is bad. To me, I feel like the the way out of this trough is yes. not fixing the comedians; it's fixing the media. And I yeah, I I, like let the comedians keep doing what they're doing, and it's just a matter of of finding these reasonable sources out there. I don't know what that is, but I think these these outlets are like necessary almost in a way to keep the um for the viewers at home i'm gesticulating with my hand because i can't think of the word that i'm trying to say they're they're folks um the folks at home (laughs) um like i I don't know so like it's a necessary catharsis that the system needs in some way um but we need to change media very badly I have a quick question. Why do you you all have like your earphones in your ears? To keep the microphone near the mouth. Okay. It took me a while. I'm like, why am I wearing this? <laughs> <laughs> Are you still recording, right? We're, yeah, we're, I think we're so. all rocking out to an <laughs> ambient track. <laughs> <laughs> to keep silent, the conversations insane. Silent rave, but we're also doing the podcast. <laughs> out of the, the same room. Out of the people that watch political comedy or these late night shows, what percent of them do you think are hearing about that information for the first time that day? That's tough. Uh, 
I don't know, maybe 50. I think a lot of people see it like on Twitter. I was going to say 50. Like, I was going to say the internet or something. And Not, 50 is simply because you don't know. You have no clue and you're just saying probably. 50. No. No. Okay. I think I was going to say 50 just simply I because I can't guess any reason why it happens. And you're going to uniform distribution. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> like I, I almost said 60. Like, uh, so if that's well, if such a large percent of them watch it, why do they still watch it post knowing the news? What do you mean post? Like after already knowing about it, it's not that they're doing it for because learning it's and stuff. Engaging. And it's almost like the the um like this comforting fireside chat where like this this voice that like I trust and is this source of truth in my life and humor obviously is going to come gross is the thing that I want to think is bad. Yeah. Sorry. No, yeah, that's, yeah. I, and like, it's, it's like, it's a comforting thing and it's, it's familiarity and it's this, you're laughing with this group who is like-minded and also watches this guy. Okay. I wonder how engaging it is or if it, if it actually is as engaging as people say simply because they have very few seats at these shows at, you know, like, let's say John Oliver has, you're allowed to go watch it. Uh, they're free most of the time. Uh, most of the shows are free. And yet, you can get them like almost the week off or like a couple of weeks in advance. Yeah, but how many views do they get? Hundreds of thousands. I, so I don't think necessarily people are engaged. Like I think it's more, a lot of people that watch it is, again, same thing like how I get to it. It's just like YouTube recommendations and you just like... Yeah, you know, yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like YouTube knows that if they show it to you, you'll watch it. Okay, but that's do, you, do you think people actually seek it out at any point like how no what, no, okay. no that that's uh, that's not what i mean by engagement okay. by engagement is like youtube knows that it's sort of like this like sticky sort of like juicy thing where they show in the recommendations people will be like i'll watch that but i also think there are probably plenty of people who watch it nightly as like part sure. of their nightly routine mm-hmm. on cable yeah uh yeah yeah i think less and less especially, yeah, especially with, with young people like yeah the demographics that i'm like picturing in my head my my That's coworker probably. comes in to work, and the first thing he does is eat his breakfast while watching Colbert. That's the only thing he does in the morning. Ah, uh, like and that's like I guess this source read the of newspaper. News. Are you kidding? He's like twenty six, and I'm also wondering if what's good. So I'm also wondering, um, is there a right wing like equivalent? There, there basically are in talk radio. Yes. And I've looked. What about that <laughs> very much blonde for... girl? Yes, uh, Tony, Tony Robbins? No. Lori. Lori. Lori something, the, the blonde girl that just like shouts. Uh, get the name. Oh, uh, Tommy Lauren? Or... Yeah, yes. something like oh, yeah. that. Something like... Yeah. It's... See, but this she, is, but this she, is she's where. She's not funny though. This she is where they're like, that. they're just like, is a fundamental difference of like, oh man, it's not like you watch the person who says the thing you want to dislike is bad. When we're talking about Trump, it's what? just bad. There's like a fun. There's like, oh man. I mean, a lot of a lot of what Joel's saying and why he's laughing right now is basically on this idea that like, oh, the left wants to write watch things that they want to dislike, and the right wants to watch. Man. It's like. It, the like, false equivalency of the left hates the right, the right hates the left. What are we going to do? Well, we can get to some. And things your that position are... is that the left is just objectively right, no, and the right, right is just objectively wrong. 
Wait, Kenny, explain why your position is not that the left is objectively right and the right is objectively wrong. Because it's on specific issues. Yeah, we're so good, right? <laughs> anyway, why, why, why? Where you can specifically say, because it's not, it's not generalized. It's specific issues where you can be like, is that race baiting? Yes, it is. It's like, it's not one group says it is and one group says it isn't. There is like a ground truth to a specific event. This is where there, there's this, uh, I it wish so, I had a word man, for. What, what Seth Meyers is doing is so not about the issues though. This one I thought was, although again, I can't defend him. Like, it's just not funny. Don't, okay, then pick, I don't know, any, the coverage of any event by Colbert. Oh, but like, see, I are think. Are you kidding? I, I don't know. I, I say, are you kidding what? Like, mm, man. The, the kind of humor, I, I, okay, I'm sorry to pick on Seth Meyers because I know he's a bad example, but like, the kind of humor that was happening was not like pointing out how bad it is to race bait like this. It was joking about Donald Trump hunting for chicken nuggets on a golf course. Well, that's, yeah, that's dumb. That's stupid. That has nothing to do with anything. That's not even pretending to be an issue. Uh, but it's presented as like a counter to the thing that's happening, or it's presented as the thing that is like, the response or like i don't know should we question do we question the comedians or do do we question their writing team i question the whole system that produced whatever the fuck that was (laughs) have you seen late night what is that it's it's a really killing movie what do you think of it i think it it was i i I saw the trailer and i thought that i would hate it i had much higher expectation but it basically just like her her like writing team is trash, you know. I oh, not her writing in the movie. Oh, it is her too. But it seems like Joel saying in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. The movie. It yeah. seems like Joel saying that even the version of this that is funny is still not helpful. Yeah, imagine. Or okay, imagine a replacement joke instead of the hunting for chicken nuggets on a golf course. That was a funny joke. <laughs> I'm still not happy with like that course of events either because it's race baiting and then like I don't know like making fun of the person who's race baiting I don't know I, mm. I, I'm saying the word race baiting for the first time in my life and I'm not comfortable with it I don't think that's like <laughs> I don't think that's what I should be saying right now I grew up listening to Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh and Michael Savage every single day and Every bone in my body says that there is zero difference between these two. Oh, there is just zero. I I heavily agree simply because given that Trevor Noah's like yeah somewhat oh, Trevor Noah perfect yeah so a big part Trevor of Trevor Noah is indistinguishable sure uh, a big part of his late night show and because he does this so often you'd think over the course of his time he would lean so much towards political comedy that that would be a big part of his life. Uh, I then, if you then go to watch any of his stand-ups, there's very little about political comedy. And it was surprising because given that he was spent so many hours per day on political comedy, you'd assume that that would be the focus of his, of his stand-ups simply because a lot of people know him only because of that and go to those shows looking to find the same thing. And then after seeing some of like 
his stand-up or like a lot of the comedians of their stand-ups which I feel are far better than their like daily shows sometimes when they say what they say during their late night shows I'm kind of annoyed that I was like you know that's stupid why are you even like, like saying those things and I think it's one of those things in which they have such little time and they know that they've got to, got to focus on these topics because that's what's been doing well like returning well on on viewership yeah because he can yeah, say a lot of stuff you, but he definitely won't get as much of a response because that's what he knows so well what will get a response sure. and every everyone involved in the system just caged to the, to the pressure of saying those things sure I think the, the the biggest similarity I see between like the Rush Limbaugh and this is that it's this comforting thing that's very non-threatening and it's it would not dare a- ask you to question your preconceived yeah. notion of the situation. Yeah, yeah, it is only there to to validate that and to like go out of its way to invalidate people who disagree with it. Yeah, to like cast them as these like villains that you don't have to take seriously because they're so outrageous. Mm. What were late night shows like before? <laughs> Let me tell you all about it. <laughs> we have an expert. In Wait, the house. by the way, the late late night. Did I that mean, question even? I don't know. Making a full movie about the inner workings of a late night comedy show should be my favorite movie of all time, and it's just bad. It's <laughs> yeah. just a bad movie. It was, yeah, it was so bad. Like it was almost like a student made film. Wow. Yeah, it, it's sucks. yeah even yeah the production side of it too. Yeah, it looked like with the yeah, actors looked, though. I it was. It was like a very the people that they chose for the roles were perfect for the roles. I was, think. Was Anna Thompson good? Yes. And, yeah, she was and, good. And Mindy Killing was also I perfect they for the roles. Like they good. did really well, but it just there was very little character development. Like they were both good, cool characters. Both of them had so much to them, but it wasn't like they developed much over the course of the movie, which was annoying because yeah. the whole movie was how they somewhat impacted each other, or one had an impact on the other. Uh, but also, I it was very perfect for the roles. They somewhat played their roles pretty decently, but everything else around it just somewhat crashed. Yeah, and yeah. also, like, him getting together with her at the end. Like, why? That was not necessary. I do like a lot of uh, Mindy Killing stuff, like her, her commencement speeches. Have you seen, like, they're, oh, I was, it's on my to-do list to watch her commencement speech. It annoys seen. me that we've not had a commencement speaker, like, she was like some of the really good ones. And I guess one of the things was she was at Dartmouth, so she did one there but it was so relatable to the students hmm. but oh, that's a side note yeah okay my I, last thought on com- oh you have another well uh, the other part is I think so I think this is just like the first thing but I think like as an example I I somewhat very much switched over the course like I, I mean I'm like I think when I first the first comedian I started watching a lot of was Trevor Noah then I switched to Stephen Colbert a lot more and I, I like switched and I, I think a lot of a lot of the time it's almost like I'm somewhat it it's come it's become a somewhat of a relationship now with I have with like the the comedian just seeing like what they did today what's like their kind of the like same way I feel like I would read uh, let's say a friend had a blog I would somewhat read it just like passively regardless of you know just kind of as a way of keeping up with it uh, so as an example I think at one time when I I'm so ready for what you're about to say. But <laughs> as an example, like, I really like Colin Joe's stuff at one point. So I would, like, we'll look at his other stuff, like his stand-up, like, stand-up specials, like, on YouTube, which he's got no full stand-up special. But, like, there were times when he went to, like, bars and did stand-ups, and then they're, like, five-minute clips on YouTube that I'll watch because I find, like, it's almost interesting. Those I do think are actually a lot better also, but it's somewhat almost not keeping alive with these individuals. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, let me tell you something. When you read a friend's blog that they update and you like read it, like the thing that you are having a relationship with and like the the thing that is producing the content that you're like consuming and like I don't know, the the thing that you're sort of like inviting into your mind is like a fellow human being who is your friend in this instance, who is like I don't know, just like kind of authentically just like chronicling their experience. And the thing that you are inviting into your mind in this instance is this like faceless, sexless machine of content engagement maximization that does not care about you, that does not know you, that will figure out whatever it is that you will like click on most frequently and try its best to just show you that without regard for how it makes you feel, without regard for whether it's true, and without regard for whether you actually want to have it in the long run. Do you think it's aware of this? Yeah, in, in some, like, incredibly spooky, like, weird, I don't know, twisted way, it depends on well, you what aware, you want. Right? It depends on what you want to call aware, and it depends on who you're talking about. In a big way, yes. In other ways, no. There's another example. I can't believe it's episode four of the podcast. There's another YouTube example of <laughs> just like a textbook thing of the recommender system. And it, and it's that if YouTube thinks you're a female and you start watching weight loss videos, you will soon get to how to stay alive and be an anorexic video, which you can just imagine. You can just see the algorithm. It thinks figure out how to lose weight. Find another video that shows people how to lose weight. And these people, they're... Who else wants to lose weight? I know. Right. <laughs> this episode, as with all episodes, brought to you by Vimeo. <laughs> Use offer code WINTERSHOW at vimeo.com slash podcast. <laughs>